0: Good evening everybody. Welcome to the Washed Up Christian Athletes Podcast. I am your host Tucker Kane along with my co-host Jacob Hendricks. Jacob, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Doing fantastic. Your Eagle shirt looks really good.
1: Oh, I just got it brand new actually. Well, I had good some fan cash from nflshop.com. That fan cash was $1.54. Look at you go. And, rolling in it. And they for whatever reason, the Eagles won a game and they gave me $20 extra in fan cash that night. Are you serious? So, yeah, yeah. So, okay, I took well, I'm it actually interested now. advantage <laughs> of that $21.54 in fan cash. I was cash. just
0: kind of joking, like, oh, you're rolling in it now. And, and then you're like, wait, I got $20. like, so, okay, wait, wait, wait. So, I want to know about this now. So,
1: I bought a clearance shirt that was like $24. I'm
0: impressed. I actually really do like it. Like, I was poking at you, but I, I really
1: do like it. I spent $7.50 <laughs> on this very nice Nike Dry Fit Eagle shirt.
0: So you still have money in the bank left over, huh? Uh,
1: well, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. But thanks for asking. <laughs> no, I mean, I didn't really have the money I spent this time. But, Fair you enough. No, that's what credit cards are for.
0: Fair enough. That's very true.
1: Yeah, I got check in I got savings, you know, <laughs> and uh, reward points and all yeah, that stuff.
0: takes takes a couple of days from yeah. from it to move over from my savings yeah. over to my checking. So yeah. I just can't afford that right now. Yeah.
1: Speaking on the uh, what we want this podcast to be as we're we are moving forward and as we gain in popularity, whoop uh, whoop. thank you to all of our listeners out there. All five who, of you have <laughs> gone up. <laughs> yes, to, yeah, I, I, we've gotten more than just our moms and our wives involved. That's uh, right. So thank goodness, you know. Um, so as we move forward, uh, Tucker has brought up to me uh, whether we should add uh, washed-up Christian athletes into. Our Instagram bios, Oh, jeez. And so I felt like you were going to bring this up, <laughs> and so Tucker brought this up to me today. Uh, with With he feels like his Instagram bio is not okay. that good, and that he needs to change it. Yeah. And I took a look at it, and <laughs> is this just going to be a, a? You're just going. I want to get rip, your take. Roast me about this. <laughs> on this, it says previous collegiate baseball player. That's not and, what it first it, says, by uh, the way. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, close enough. And that's the most important part of it. And then it says uh, hashtag Go Brian. That's right, Go Brian. <laughs> how long have Go you, Brian? How long has it been since you've been at Brian?
0: It, I graduated undergrad in well, I graduated undergrad the winter of 2018, and 2018. my last season of baseball was the spring of 2019. And what year is it? Not 2019.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's been four
0: years. It says, Brian College Baseball alum. Like, that's what that says. Oh, okay. and for And the hashtag, Go Brian, that's a lifestyle. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, yeah. That's a lifestyle.
1: Yeah, I graduated from uh, Tuscaloosa County High School in 2010. I need to change my Instagram bio. Yeah, you probably County do. High Baseball alum. <laughs> number
2: 2000, 24. T-
1: 2014 Player of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case that you forgot, go Wildcats!
0: (laughs) I mean, are you proud of it? Because I'm proud. Go Brian. That's all I got to say about that. That's start (laughs)
1: finish. Period. Go Brian. Oh man, I tell you, that's uh from bringing it back from history right there. Although
0: you're probably right, I I do probably need to change it. it. And again, for all of you, you know, hopefully six or seven listeners by the time that we get done with (laughs) this episode. Go ahead and shoot me a text of what you think it should say. Why not? Go Brian. Why not? Hashtag Go Brian. If that's all that it needs to say, hashtag washed up Christian athletes. Go Brian. Hashtag wooca. Hashtag Go Brian. (laughs) (laughs) It's a lifestyle. And you can quote me on that.
1: I guess I'm going to have to put Go Faulkner in my. That'd be be stupid. Yeah. That's Uh, what that would be. Faulkner baseball alum. Go Faulkner. (laughs) Did you graduate?
0: I don't have my baseball number in there. I feel like that that would be something. So I need to put Go Brian, hashtag number 46.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: What does your
0: Instagram bio say?
1: Oh, I, it's current. I'm a coach and Mine's I'm current. the director of operations. Wow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm the host of a podcast. I'm still 27. It you obviously say that. still know my name. It
1: does. It does now? It does. You changed it? Yeah. You when didn't it ta- when you wrote me about and it. it. <laughs> you didn't take the Go Brian away? <laughs> no, I didn't take the Go Brian away. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> it's a lifestyle. Uh.
0: My goodness. (laughs) Okay. And with all of that being said, let's change the subject. As some of you may know, and as Jacob and I obviously know, we work in uh, an industry with people experiencing homelessness every single day. And um, under the umbrella of uh, Christian, we want to bring this under, um, starting the podcast today. I want to hear, I mean, I, I do want to hear from you, Jacob. We've been working together for few years now and i haven't really gotten to hear pointedly some stories that that you have from i mean you've been in this industry longer than i have so let's start with let's start with like a funny story because it is a you know a serious business that we're yeah. in but you know we're dealing with people too and we're dealing with not just Um, Darkness, but we're also dealing with light, and we're bringing light in. And everybody that we work with, they're they're people too. So um, I want to hear from you. What's like a funny story that you got from?
1: Yeah, and before I kind of go into the story, I'll preface uh, a little bit of uh, kind of our history inside of the uh, probably good idea. uh, The individuals' experience in homelessness world and being uh, working at a mission. Sure. Uh, in downtown Nashville, um, I got involved about uh, about five years ago. I uh, took a step away from being a youth pastor. And, uh, didn't really know where the next path was going to lead. And, uh, through LinkedIn, through Indeed, I just kind of kept searching, kept searching, kept searching. I was going to be a fitness coach or a personal trainer for a little while and, uh, show enough as they like to say in Alabama, show enough. Um, I found something on LinkedIn and it, just, it, it, it popped out to me and it was uh, a position that was the assistant director of operations at the organization that we work at. Yeah. And uh, I went to the interview thinking, like, uh, I don't know a lot about uh the homeless world. Mm-hmm. However, I had been involved in the people business uh for the past three or four years. And whether it was being a coach, teacher, pastor, I just really loved diving into people. I you know, love God, love people, awaken a movement. And as I was in that interview, throughout my whole tenure from, like, working at a Fried chicken joint when I was like fifteen, so I was a cook and then I started working at a like a family friend owned business a battery store, but it was inside of what we would call the projects uh in Alabama to where there was public housing and I was around a lot of tough, tougher people uh, and so that was where a lot of my like operations experience came from, along with it being a part of like retail. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a lot of time in retail, spent a lot of time with tougher people, uh, and then um, also spent uh, time with like, um, you know, teaching and coaching and everything like that. And so then I went to school uh, to get my Bible degree. Then I ended up coming back up to Nashville and being a youth pastor. Uh, And so when I was in that interview, I was hoping that all of my, you know, as you do in any interview, you're hoping that all your skills line up. And as they were telling about the job description, it was like my past was just on that sheet of paper. And I thought, well, this is where I'm supposed to be. Definitely, at least for now. Yeah. And so like five years into the future, this is what we've been doing in it. This is where you are. This is where we are. And honestly, it's kind of been like a wild ride. It's been an adventure. If anybody who works inside of that world will tell you that when you walk into the organization every day, you don't Mm -hmm. know what you're going to get. Uh, speaking of, uh, there's a few things that happen inside of uh, being in in a organization that you kind of just like get used to. However, um, as far as being around like drugs and alcohol and uh, like just like the harder life, I've never fully been involved in it. Um, there's been times where I've been around it, but I haven't really, really been like fully uh, inside that life uh, and or around that life. And so I would say that I was protected a good amount growing up. Whenever you work at the, whenever you work at the mission, you're cleaning up dorms, and we have around eight hundred people that stay with us every night. There, yep. um, and so there's just some harder individuals there, and so but also some harder things going on. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I I don't necessarily know exactly when I first got there. I didn't know exactly what all the drugs looked like. Yeah. Um, like I had seen weed before. And I had seen uh, like stuff on television, mm-hmm. but like, like seeing NCIS it on t- or something. Yeah, seeing it on television <laughs> is like Way different. different than seeing it in it's, person. It's not like
0: they're going like around the corner and being like, "Hey, can I? I need some weed. Like, who are you? I'm a producer for a TV show. Yeah, I just need yeah. some like real weed." Yeah, and like as far as
1: like crystal meth goes, like
0: (laughs) definitely not doing that.
1: Breaking bad and Heisenberg Uh are the only things that I really know, you know, (laughs) it's like that blue stuff. If it ain't got a blue tint, I don't want it. And it's not dangerous. Uh Um but however I I specifically remember being cleaning out the uh cleaning out the dorms one day and finding like this like ten dollar bill. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, money. You cool, know, $10. Finder, finders keepers, you know. Yeah. Oh, and or turning you into the desk because that's honestly what because I Because you have integrity. Yeah, because, you know, integrity is important. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and as, as my integrity goes, I open up the $10 bill and there's like some like white powder on the inside of it.
0: As you, you know, find.
1: Yeah. Sure. And so my first instinct is like, oh, that's probably drugs because I didn't really necessarily know for sure, (laughs) my thought process (laughs) went into like, well, let's test. (laughs) Like, does it smell like sugar or does it smell like cocaine? (laughs) And so my first response was to like, push my head forward sure. <laughs> towards the, top, the $10 bill. And I was like, whoa, whoa, can't, I can't do that. <laughs> Before it got to your nose? Yeah. yeah I just yeah. want to make sure you, yeah, didn't, just, you, know, I did not, you didn't do I did, drugs at work. I did not. No, I did not do a line of cocaine at work. However, <laughs> that was my first instinct to do that. And so I just, man, I just... <laughs> I'll never forget that day because th- that just showed how protected I was yeah. compared to being in a completely different scenario in a different setting yeah. uh, than what somebody else might have been in the past. So.
0: That's really funny. And before, because I want to obviously, you know, I brought it up. I want to talk about mine too. But um, before I talk about that, let's just also pause for a second that 800 people every night.
2: Mm.
0: That's a lot of people. Yeah. I... I get to talk with a lot of um, with a lot of donors and I anytime that that comes up and I talk about how many people that not only that we're serving meals to cuz that number's even higher
2: mm-hmm.
0: but when I talk about how many people stay with us every night I'm always met with wait what? Yeah or Whoa, yeah, or wow, yeah, we have a I had no idea
1: to her for a reason,
0: yeah, that's it it's called that for a reason, and even like i've I've only personally visited another mission one time, and it was in um it was in another state and it was in a much bigger city than Nashville, mm-hmm. and it wasn't anywhere near what we can like the capacity that we have, mm-hmm. so to. To know that we work at a facility that can do that mm-hmm. is nuts mm-hmm. to me. So I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah. And I think for, I think for everybody em- listening, to, I,
1: th- I think emphasizing that it's important. And it's also 800 people, like you think 800 people, and someone might typically think, oh, it's 800 people staying with y'all but it's like it's 800 like there's ways to deal with that if you have a heavy enough a big enough yes. facility. Yes. However, you just to paint the picture a little bit better, it's 800 people who have mental health issues. Mm-hmm. They might be relapsing, they might be wi- having withdrawals, they might be going through recovery. They mm-hmm. you never know uh what type of um individual is going to be in front of you Correct. and what experiences they're going through. They're trapped in this they're trapped in this cycle to where they've been homeless for so long that they, they might not be clean. They might not know even how to get a job at this or might might not be able to get a job because they're just down on their luck. And they're sure. just, and now they've started coping with different, um, uh, in different ways, uh, whether that be, you know, selling drugs or buying, doing drugs, uh, and or just kind of down in the dumps with loneliness and, and all those things. Uh, So there's multiple reasons why that someone might be uh, past that six month part of being homeless.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, again, I wanted to bring up my funny story too. I've actually got two, um, one that uh, somebody else wanted me to bring up and I'll go ahead and bring it up because it's embarrassing for me. But uh, anyway, the first one I was legitimately like on the job for like three days at this Mm -hmm. point, I'm getting trained. I'm getting to know you know, where we're working, I'm getting to know uh, the, the men at this point, like that we're uh, working with. And I'm, I'm sitting in our donation center working with our um, assistant supervisor for the donation mm-hmm. center. It's a little bit later in the day. I, it's, it's a little slow. So it's pretty quiet over in our donation center. It's off of a side street. So not that much, you know, traffic going on. But there are usually people that walk out mm-hmm. in front of the uh, donation center doors. Um, not all that close. Usually, they're you know across the street, but there's a decently steady flow of people. And all of a sudden, like the doors are open at this point. It's like during the summer, so we're trying to get yeah. some airflow. And I'm sorry, I'm just laughing. the The doors are open, so this dude just comes up, and I'm gonna try to do this without blowing the microphone. He comes up and just starts screaming, "I want a plug at, man!" <laughs> <laughs> This is the funny part. He's like, where the plug at, man? The plug in here? I'm supposed to be, where the plug at, man? And I'm just, again, I'm three days on the job. Before I came here, <laughs> I, was, I, I am Who's not the plug? in this am world. Am I the
1: plug? <laughs> <laughs>
0: sitting here wide-eyed. <laughs> am I supposed to know what that is? <laughs> <laughs> and luckily, our assistant supervisor is in there. <laughs> he gets up real quick. He's like, hey, no, no, man, plug, plug across the street, man. You got to go across the street for that, man. And he's like, okay, okay. He goes across the street and I'm just sitting there, frozen. (laughs) Like in in fight, flight, or frozen. Mm. I'm not like standing up like get out of here, man, or something like that. I'm not I'm not running out the door. I'm frozen. Mm.
1: Eyes wide, like,
2: what do I do? (laughs) Dearing the headlights look.
1: I was terrified. You know what used to be across the street from the donation center, right? Yes. You know, we can say say it. It It used to be a swingers club. In between two uh-huh. Christian organizations inside of downtown Nashville, uh, which is the place we work, and another place. There's an uh, old swingers club. There was a swingers club that was in business for like 15 to 20 years. It and people, like, and it's and the closed down. the only down reason now. why it shut down was because of COVID.
0: And, yeah, it's closed down now. And they used to do crack on the front steps, too. Well, so that was also right outside the yeah, donation was, center. That, that, it was a wild time. It, it, it doesn't happen anymore. Time. It doesn't does happen not anymore.
1: happen anymore. It's, a very, it's very much more of a safe place. Yes,
0: yes. Um, but that was just so funny. And I, I, I don't know, just out there. And I never expected that. Mm. But, uh, but tell you know, tell the, story. the assistant supervisor, well, I'll finish this one. The assistant supervisor walked back in. Okay. He was like. He's just chuckling to himself and looking at me, laughing and he's like, Ain't no blood across the street, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Man, ain't no blood across the street. Oh, he's like, man. I just said him over there all the time. That's <laughs> And awesome. I'm like, This happens all the time. Like I have zero <laughs> context. Zero context for this kind of world. Um, but my my other story, because this one Jacob chuckles at.
1: Were you... I wasn't... Impl- uh, you weren't there I at was this in Alabama point. at the time because uh, I was spending time with my dad as he was going through his uh, cancer. Uh, so I was actually in Alabama at the time. Uh, I was away from uh, Tennessee. And yeah. then I just so, get a call from Tucker one day. So and Jacob he has to been, tell me the story yeah, yeah, of yeah, what yeah. happened. My goodness.
0: Yeah, so Jacob and McGon, somebody else had taken his position. And I'm trying to like help them learn a little bit what Jacob did and just help them... Um, just try to do their, try to do their job. Cause I learned a little bit from Jacob. So I was just trying to help. Well, I hadn't been on our, um, running our you know, donation truck that runs around Nashville, drives around Nashville every single day and picks up donations. I hadn't done that in a while. Well, one day, you know, our, our VP calls and he's like, Hey, I need you to, you know, run the truck today because their regular truck driver wasn't there. I'm like, sure. So I, I run around Nashville, pick up a bunch of donations. I park the truck at the end of the day. And uh, and leave. And this is like a big box truck, like 12 foot. It's a huge thing running around Nashville. So I park it for the day and we work with individuals experiencing homelessness and they sometimes do not have. They really don't care if cars unlocked. That means it's free game. Sometimes they can't control I, their bowel movements. I mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot to lock the door that night. I hadn't uh, done it in a while. I forgot little, to lock the door. It was a little chilly outside. So you the, the next morning, to, needed he needed to sleep,
1: a... sleep inside of a warm truck. You so know? the next morning, outside of the elements. The next morning, I and come what do you got to do when you wake up in the morning? Get your coffee in you, and then Get the your coffee runs out in of you? you.
0: I walk up to the door, and first of all, it's trashed, and it, they definitely trash. had hot boxed in there because I found joints. I found trash. It was mm. terrible. So then, they obviously had they had either sat ten dollar bills. I did not. I, <laughs> they had obviously either sat or p- rested their head in the driver's seat at some point because there was a blanket there. So I was like, ah, oh, they like, oh, they they you know I had this blanket here too. I lift the blanket up, oh, uh, nice
1: and to surprise. my horror, man,
0: they had to go just a big old number two uh, in the driver's seat right there, and I am mortified. Absolutely, absolutely mortified because first of all, oh my gosh, somebody and, took a dump
1: and one a thing, massive dump, yeah, right. in the driver's people, seat. People uh, for people who don't see human feces all the time, except in the toilet. Yeah, I forget that we take like, it, we like, take that for granted. <laughs> like, <laughs> I see like it way it, more the, often than I thought. <laughs> like, there's like there's dog poop, and then there's human poop. Oh, and let me tell you something. And it was it wasn't, like,
0: it wasn't like uh, It wasn't. It wasn't in form. It had obviously been smashed into the seat. Uh, like, they had said, oh, it was gross, Blah. man. So, like, not only am I like, oh, no, he pooped Blah. the seat, but I'm like, I'm going to have to clean this up. Blah. So I had to clean it up, and, oh, it was it was a nightmare. Yeah, I will say, I did I think I was going to get ripped for that. Well, I mean, you got to try it. <laughs> you got to try it, right? No, I didn't eat a piece. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, legit, I thought, man, I thought I was going to get ripped by our VP, but he was—he just laughed. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> he Weirdly he just laughed. He like, yeah, he's like, I just get it cleaned up. So I we have another box truck. I had to go do that. I had to pick up I, donations and then knowing at the end of the day, I had to clean up somebody's poop uh, out of the driver's yeah. seat of the other truck. I remember oh.
1: I made a guy mad outside one time at the mission and uh, speaking on uh, feces. I met a guy, I, I made a guy <laughs> mad outside the mission at one point in time, and I just remember coming back out to my car, which everyone knew what, what car I drove, mm. and they were just being the biggest pile <laughs> that I've ever seen right outside of my driver's side door. I think I told him, like, you can't have alcohol on the property or something. And he was How like... How dare you? And he was like, you know what, man? <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take care of that right now. You tell me that again, you see what happens. Yeah. I'm not going to fight you. It'll be closer to I'm your gonna door. I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to threaten you. Nothing. You're going to get what's coming
0: to you. Psychological warfare right my there. My
1: goodness. Yeah, and it worked. It was <laughs> gross. It had flies all over it and everything. That's- I just like... I had to pressure wash it later on. That's Gross.
0: Yeah. We take for granted, honestly, how often we see human feces. Yeah.
1: Take for granted?
0: I just... Well, we start talking it's about it. we like, we're like it was I huge. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: we talk about it like it's huge.
0: Like, oh, yeah. We see it way more often than yeah, I ever thought I would see it before I, I had children. I didn't
1: think we were going to say it's huge this many times on the podcast.
0: Yeah. Well... How
1: big was <laughs> it? Sorry. It is. <laughs> okay. How so big a boy <laughs> are you? <laughs> oh, Roar Dean Mercer. Anyway... Uh, another story that I had was a guy that was parked behind my car in his wheelchair. And he said, Hey man, you got a quarter. I said, <laughs> I said, what? You're not going to move unless I give you a, no, <laughs> I, he, said, hey, he said, you got a dollar. And I said, I said, you're not going to move unless I give you a dollar. And he said, Nope, I'm going to stay right here. My <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> I, my said, I said, I ain't got a dollar, man. He said, quarter. I said, I ain't got a quarter," he said. "Dime?" I said. "I think I may have a dime." And, <laughs> and I me. like got in my truck, got a dime, handed him a dime. He said, "Thank you," and then like rolled off. And I was gonna I was say, like, you put it in the wheelchair just, and it moved?" <laughs> I just had to pay a toll to get out of the parking lot for the day. Oh man, I'm I'm telling you, man, there are some there are some
0: really funny stories. People are funny. Yeah. People are funny, but um, but yeah, it is. It is like a serious business that we get to work in. I I,
1: I say I, I say this, and I think it ties well into where we're going next because we're we're trying to get serious with it too. Because there is some serious parts of it. Oh sure, uh, the mission um, where we work at uh, the organization that we work at, um, it is some of the like hardest, heartache sometimes with you know recovery, people going through rehab, yeah. uh, deaths, uh, illnesses, whatever it may be, um, and just like people who are like. Down and almost out. Um, and, but there are also some of like, the biggest of blessings that you see there. It's people that are, you know, reunited with their, uh, families after they, you know, kick their drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who are, you know, uh, saved through the grace of Jesus Christ and, uh, just their, their life completely change, yeah. changes. Uh, their life completely changes. And so one of the biggest stories that I have um, that I thought was so just so cool was uh, speaking on driving the donation truck. Mm -hmm. um, We used to pick up at a cupcake place every day, Uh, cupcake place. That's just the way you had to pull into the cupcake place was kind of like awkward, but it was in right in downtown, uh, right in midtown. uh, And there's like a bus bench right there. And the guy that. The guy that wrote, the assistant was a part of our recovery program. Um, So like sober for
0: probably a few months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so we
1: have a life recovery program. It's like a seven-month program. He's later on in it about like four or five months in. Yeah. Uh, Great guy, you know, been sober four or five months. So he's getting his head back on straight and living this new life that he never really, you know, knew how to live. So I jump out uh, at the cupcake place, go grab the cupcakes, put them back in the truck. He's with me. And he stays in the truck while I go give them uh, a receipt. And I like jump back into the truck to head off. And the guy, the the participant beside me, like says, hold on a second, and grabs a pen and grabs one of our uh, receipts. And what is, what? what's he doing? And I was like, and he just jumps out of the truck and goes over to the park bench. Uh-huh. And there's this girl sitting there and he starts talking to her. <laughs> and if you know the <laughs> rules of this program, you can't do that. all of those things are wrong. <laughs> like don't get out of the truck. Don't run over to a. like, don't run away. Are you still in the parking lot or are you on the street? We're, at this point? we're on the, we're on the parking lot about to pull out. Uh-huh. But like, okay, okay, okay. And then, and, and definitely don't talk to the public. <laughs> And so he like he he just like spends time with her. And I at this point I'm just laughing. I don't know what to do. I'm not gonna interrupt. Yeah, right. And so then about like, you know, a minute and a half later he jumps back in the truck. And it's like a goodwill hunting part of like <laughs> <laughs> how, what did you just do well, Like, like do you like apples and you're like what and he's like how do you like them apples uh, i got a number yeah. and he and he said like i got a number and like threw his threw his paper down and i was like what did you My just God. do <laughs> you can't do that <laughs> and uh but and i was like it's incredible now this is a guy who doesn't even have a phone like correct to though he, <laughs> hey <laughs> three months later he's like Sorry, he's not even call gonna have back. a phone for the next three months but yet he gets <laughs> this girl's number and and i tell that story and i was just like appalled by that and just mesmerized by it it's
0: incredible um
1: but one of the like most important things about that story is in the four or five months that he's been inside the program uh, when he got there he was a really heavy set guy i mean probably like five seven five eight like Probably three hundred pounds, three hundred plus pounds, and he started working out and working on himself yeah. physically while yeah. he was working on himself spiritually and mentally inside the program. And so he had lost like eighty pounds and wow. started gaining like and like that's I, he was running months. Like yeah, he, he was he was running stairs every day, and so like he was eating better and everything like that. And so he like for the first time in his life, like he was slimming down, and yeah. he'd always been the heavier guy, and so. For him to have the confidence to jump out and get that girl's number, oh, it was leaps and bounds different yeah. from the first four or five months now, wow, there now the the like almost more important part of this story was if you talked to him and if he kind of pulled his hair up, you would see a, a pretty big scar that ran across the side of his head, yeah, and through different you know conversations and everything we we got finally got to talking about it one day, and when he was in high school. This is heavy, but when he was in high school, he was bullied for being a heavier set guy. Yeah, Uh, and at one point in time, he tried to take his life, but he pulled away just at uh, just at that time, uh, and instead of it uh, getting him, it just like uh, grazed grazed, his head, grazed the side of his head. Wow. Um, but he did that because of the confidence and the self esteem issues he had from people bullying him in high school, and so uh, you know he turned to all different. types of things. Yeah. Uh and then went through our program. Yeah. Lost sixty to eighty pounds. And that day and I got to, to see almost like and... the fruition yeah. of his confidence, his, you know, his feelings of worthiness to where he said, I have I can do this. Yeah. Like I can talk to this girl. He was nervous as I'll get out. You should have saw him shaking when he got back in the truck. But yet the guy who jumps out of the donation truck and asks a girl for her number on the bus stop. And he got it and he got it and he got it. And I said, what are you going to do with that number? He said, I don't know. It has nothing to do. (laughs) I said, you don't even have a phone. He said, I doesn't matter. He said, he said, I just wanted to see if I could get it. And that, I mean, that says everything now, fast forward to a year later, hadn't seen him because he graduated. He graduated the program, moved out on his own, everything like that. I'm eating at a waffle house, uh, in a town close to Nashville. And I see him about from about four booths away. And I don't know whether to say hey to him or not. Yeah. I didn't know if he wanted to. And he caught he like he caught a glimpse of me from across the room. Yeah. And he jumped up out of the booth, threw his hands in the air and said, Jacob. It's incredible. And then like we like <laughs> met inside this waffle house oh, like awesome. halfway from the table and hugged each other. And he introduced me to his fiance. No way. Yeah. And it wasn't okay. the girl. I was about to say wasn't it the wasn't the girl. It wasn't the girl, but he that introduced me to awesome. his fiance. And by wow. far, that's probably one of the most powerful stories that I have from working wow. Um with uh, individuals experiencing homelessness and or going through recovery yeah. and we have another it's just amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's it's amazing. We get to we get to work with a lot of really cool people. I I didn't and so haven't gotten to, you know, experience the long term mm-hmm. um of you know the the story that I keep coming back to and people are like something that was like, you know, what was a, an interaction that was impactful for you? Um, we have a lot to do at the mission um, just in, in operations in our department. There's just a lot to do. So we can sometimes miss people for our tasks. And that, that probably happens way more often than not. Um, And that usually happens a lot more around uh, the holidays because we have so much more to do. The holidays are the busiest time Mm -hmm. for our industry, for especially our organization. Um, But there was, I think it was the first or the second Thanksgiving that I was there. Mm -hmm. There was, it was like 4.30 in the morning because volunteers start getting there at 5 a.m. Early. To start giving their time for All 300 for volunteers people.
1: that we have and we love them so much so this much we're so thankful 100%
0: um but it's like 4:30 in the morning and there's stuff to do mm-hmm. like i there's there's tables to set out there's stickers to get set up there's tasks there's to, to be up. cried there's a lot <laughs> but and and it's like me and somebody else is supposed to be doing this but I, I go through you know our, our front door and into our guest you know services area and there's there's this younger looking guy, uh, just kind of balled up in the corner mm. and I feel like it was just one of those times that I am faithful to the that I was faithful yeah. Yeah, to the prompting of the spirit and I was just like, you know, screw the tasks, I need to talk to yeah. this guy, and legitimately talk to him for an hour. More other staff members wow. were walking by me, like kind of looking at me, and I was like, I need to be here. And I, he he literally had gotten just like kicked out on mm-hmm. his butt, and he was telling me whatever reasons, he just got kicked out, he got put on a bus, they dropped him here. He's like from surrounding Nashville, but hasn't been to downtown. Wow. He's never been homeless before. They were like, he said, they yeah. just told me to put my stuff somewhere else, and... They were like, you know, kind of. They didn't say go nuts, but they were like, I mean, this is you know what we got for this you because it was late at night. Yeah, right. When he came in, mm-hmm. he hadn't been there but a and few that hours. A good amount.
1: Like people just think, or well, you have nowhere else to go. We're going to drop you off here
0: because it's the shining light in in Nashville. It's like, well, I guess you can go here, mm-hmm. and we've got somewhere yep. for you, you know. But he had just been kicked out on his butt, and I just remember just sitting with him and practicing one of the most powerful things that i had been taught by anybody in ministry was the the ministry of presence and just end of my ears and i got to to talk with them and i got to pray with them and Mm -hmm. i was like this is one of the most impactful things that i've ever done Mm -hmm. like at the at the mission and i've bring it back to feces. i've plunged a lot of poop down toilets and i've cleaned up people's vomit and i have you know helped frail gentleman like walked down a hall to towards an ambulance and but I'm like this is one of the most impactful things that I've done is not only get to listen to him but I got to share a little bit of Jesus with him and I got to pray with him and I was just I was blown away by how much more I felt like I'd done that day than any other day because I listened to the prompting of the spirit and I got to sit with the guy for for like an hour and got to talk with about how you know we're we're not we're not like saved uh despite suffering we're saved like through suffering and these hard times are going to you know do so much more and jesus is still with him and uh, jesus still like loves him and he's like i don't know i'm like no god loves you man like you are here you you are being provided for like we've got we've got a ton of food in there for you today like you are being provided for you're being taken care of right
1: and it was that like
0: god sees you yeah yeah it was a thanksgiving
1: Wow. And it's, it, that's always interesting too, just because like on those holidays you have family and mm-hmm. then if you're not around your family on those days, all of a sudden you, you realize it. Yeah. Like you're, you're looking for something mm-hmm. and um it just makes the holidays of the mission a little bit harder because those are the people that are there that either they don't have family and or, you know, they need their family said, you can't mm-hmm. come
0: yep but we get to be that for them. Mm-hmm. We get to provide a meal. we get to provide, and not even us. Let's bring it back to the to the wonderful people, hundreds and hundreds of people over like two days that volunteer their time to not only serve food but to grab a cup of cold water and hand it to somebody that asked them if they would like a napkin and just offer a smile or offer a word of encouragement mm-hmm. like. We Jesus gets to work. Jesus partners with so many people, yeah. just in like two days. Yeah. Um, and a lot of love, a lot of love, a lot of the love of Jesus is shown yeah. over, especially over the holidays.
1: I agree. I want to uh, typically bring up. Uh, I typically bring up quotes and passages and all that. You do. Much. During our podcast, I read a lot
0: of books to try to do that. And like, I try to listen to a lot of things to try to do that. You do, you do a lot better at that.
1: Well, Timothy Keller in his book, Jesus the King, Tim Keller, you know, rest in peace. Mm -hmm. um, He, he has an excerpt. I'll I'll read an excerpt from his book and it talks about basically pouring your cup out to Mm -hmm. other people. And it says, there are a lot of wounded people out there. They're emotionally, they are emotionally sinking. They are hurting. And they desperately need to be loved. And we, when they are with you, you want to look at your watch. You want to make a graceful exit because listening to them with all their problems can be grueling. Mm. It can be exhausting to be a be a friend to an emotionally damaged person. The only way they're going to start feeling filling up emotionally is if somebody loves them. And the only way to love, love them is to let yourself be emotionally drained. Some of your fullness is going to have to go into them, and you have to empty out to some degree. If you hold on to your emotional and avoid those people, they will inevitably sink. The only way to love them is through substitutionary sacrifice. And he shows a painting from Domenico Feci Eche Homos. I'm going to act like I said that right.
0: That sounded okay. I'm not looking <laughs> at the name, so you but, said it way better than but. you did comparably or inevitably.
1: <laughs> hey, this is the serious part of the podcast. Roll that time, hurt? brother. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But the painting's titled, it's a painting of Jesus. It says, all this suffering I did for you, what will you do for me? Yeah. And it just kind of brings you back into the realization of like, Jesus, the ultimate servant, the ultimate one who humbled himself to die on a cross, who was like God, but humbled himself enough to come down to this earth, uh, to live this human life, mm-hmm. um, and then die on a cross for our sins, but more more importantly, be resurrected, uh, because the grave couldn't hold him. Mm-hmm. And for him to just pour out his love on us, um, and, you know, we say that it's so hard, but yet if we're imitating Jesus, then we're doing exactly what Jesus did. Yeah, uh, to the people that were around him, and we should be pouring into those people who don't have anything in their cup. Yeah, and if we're filled in any way, if we have this happiness, if we have this peace, if we have this love, uh, and this different uh, type of life, like where he says in John ten ten, I've came so that you will have life and have it more abundantly. If we have those things. Uh, then we have to be willing to pour into those people who don't have that. And when they ask why, we have to be willing to give an answer, that answer being Jesus.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I have, man, I want to do a better job at that all the time. And it's really funny working at a faith-based organization that we're we're encouraged to preach Jesus, faith-focused, all the time. We're encouraged to preach Jesus all the time, but even then I can get Hung up in, oh, well, I don't want to push it down yeah. their throat. Or, oh, mm-hmm. well, the culture doesn't really like that. So yeah. I, I don't want to be a problem and mm-hmm. end up on the news. Worst case scenario, thinker here. Yeah. Classic textbook <laughs> overthinker. So I'm like, I'm going to end up on the news I don't want to die. <laughs> I'm going to be a target of an assassination <laughs> plot because I like preach Jesus.
2: What if I but get exiled?
0: I, correct. I want continually do a better job and be and be aware enough to know that hey, I'm not doing a great job here. The reason that we're there is Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. The reason that not only you and I are there, the reason that our organization there is is, is Jesus.
2: Jesus. Yes. That's it. 100%.
0: And regardless of regardless of anything else I want that to be known, and I want that to be known to the world. Right? Not only the city of Nashville, not only the state of Tennessee, but I want that to be known to the world. The Reason that we're there is Jesus. Mm. And I think it's a good place to. I think it's a good place to end the podcast for that. That's day.
1: a good place to wrap up. Yep.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that we got to talk about that finally, and I know that we'll be talking about that more. Uh, hope that everybody enjoyed our <laughs> stories of stories of embarrassment, stories of stories of hope that we got to talk about today. That was really fun. I really enjoyed. You find
1: that. Find any white. Ten dollar bills, watch out! Don't sniff it. Don't sniff it. It's not (laughs) BC powder. (laughs) You must have had a really bad headache, and it immediately went away. (laughs) BC powder. I had so much energy the rest of the day. I wonder why (laughs) it
0: was nuts. And they got really mad at my wife when I got home. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! Anyway, thank you everybody for listening. If uh, you have any questions, comments, concerns, accusations of inadequacy, you want to (laughs) refute something. That's my line. Yeah, well, I took it. Um, feel free to text us. And uh, uh, we look forward to our listenership growing from five to may- maybe eight. Yeah. You Who don't, knows? Yeah, maybe leave ten. Us,
1: leave us a rating. Leave us yep. a comment and or subscribe and or follow. We're not only on Spotify now. We are also on Apple Music.
0: Boom. Look Apple at Apple Podcasts, not Apple Music. Ah, uh, yeah. That's it's Apple Podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, mostly wherever you get your podcast. So uh, we love you guys. Thank you for uh, being here with us.
2: And we'll talk to you again soon.